It's the Africa Report with Jean-Jacques Cornish. Good morning, Jean-Jacques. I hope you've been well. Bonjour to you, Lisa. Yes, I'm immensely well. Thank you. Excellent. We're going to be starting off um, with uh, xenophobic uh, comments in Tunisia by uh, the president there, Kais Saheed. He's had a racist rant. And it's led the governments of Cote d'Ivoire and Guinea to send chartered flights to repatriate their, their citizens who, who are living in Tunisia following Kaye Saeed's racist rant. What exactly did he say? Well, you know, he maintains it wasn't racist, but he's saying that putting a number of sub-Saharan migrants in is a plot to change the demographic demographic profile of uh, Tunisia. Traitors are working with foreign countries. And he's saying, you know, essentially they want to change their nature. Tunisia is a unique country in the sense that it is both Arab, to some extent even mm. European, being right on the doorstep of Europe, and African. It's very much a part. Mm. Play, punches well above its weight inside the African Union. So it's, this traditionally has been its role. Somehow or other, Kais Said wants to impress the Arabic feeling on it, and he's, and that's why he's making these quite outrageous remarks. Mm. Uh, the, the authority said there's no need for the, the foreigners to have any fear, but since he's made the remarks, people from Cote d'Ivoire, Guinea, and other African countries mm. say that they have had physical assaults against them, they've lost their jobs, they've had housing taken from them. Uh, but uh, and, and about four-fifths of Tunisians maintain that racial discrimination is a problem in their country. So uh, the, these two countries that have sent charter plans saying the most important thing for us is to save lives, and that's mm. why we're doing it. But it's a real backward step for mm. Tunisia. And um, as I say, they play they play the game very well in the African Union, and this is going to affect that, there's mm. no doubt. Uh, that has been, you know, one of the talking points, the right-wing talking points, the fear of culture change. I've heard it by right-wing voices in the US, in Western Europe, even here in South Africa with the Afrophobia, yes. Afrophobic xenophobia saying, oh no, it's all a plot to flood South Africa with African migrants to change the country. I've heard that right-wing talking point uh, for some time now in various countries. And it is it is very concerning. You know, when you speak about demographics in that way, I mean, it hops back to sort of 1939, you know, with the, with the Nazis. I mean, it really is something you have to be very careful about. Whatever thoughts you might harbor privately, to start expressing them openly is, is a very, very dangerous thing. You don't play mm. with race, uh, and particularly if it's something that is mm. concerning you. you know? mm. uh, and then there's been a concern in particularly uh, fundamentalist Islamic violence that has surged. Um, in a, in Africa with fatalities and attacks and violence doubling over the last while. Uh, Jean-Jacques? The study done says that there have been, uh, 22% more violence in, in, in last year. There were 690 events, actually. There were 20, that's a 22% increase, but the fatalities were up 40%, 48%, in fact. And this is in the Sahel, in Somalia, 
in the Lake Chad Basin, naturally in Mozambique down south with us and uh, in North Africa. Now, now you know, France that was played a protective role there has withdrawn, and we even have Emmanuel Macron in Africa at the moment saying, we're not going to play this military role anymore. Well, he didn't really get much of a choice. The countries themselves have said no, but they have turned towards the Russian Wagner Group for help. Not that the Wagner Group has been able to curb the jihadi violence, but that's where they seem to be going. There's a desperation. They've had two coups in Burkina Faso all over this because the government hasn't been able to contain it or to control it. So it's something that is very, very concerning to them, and they can't seem to get their finger on it. Mm. The answer, according to many, is not really the answer is not really military. The answer is make conditions better mm. because it's found that most of these people who turn to jihadism or do so because they can't find jobs, because they're desperate economically. There's also found, and I think we might, might have mentioned it, that uh, an extra year's education, just a year of tertiary education, reduces by a half the number of people who actually go, uh, you know, people who have that I- increased education. Uh, a dramatic decrease in the number who turn to Islamist violence or join in or join radical groups. The, the same Wagner group that's operating in Ukraine contracted by Russia? Yes, indeed. So Russia's role in Africa is increasing on, on, a, on a worrying level. You know, put, again, putting these mercenaries in is not, is not a good thing. Mm. Uh, you know, Africa has a very, very sad history of mercenary involvement. Eh? Um, you, you should be talking to, to John Matham about this particular uh, story, um, uh, John John, because as you know, John Matham, an enthusiastic birder, uh, a rare songbird rediscovered in Madagascar was last sighted a quarter of a century ago, 25 years ago. Must be a very exciting find for birders. Is John is John Matham a more enthusiastic birder than me? You hate to see a fight between birders, you know, when we swing <laughs> our when I we swing our binoculars swing our binoculars at one another. But I actually my 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 most accomplished birder I know. I was having a drink with him last night and mentioned it and he hadn't even heard and wouldn't believe me till I got him a picture of the dusky tetraka. It's a tiny little beautiful songbird. Pops along the ground most of the time. Hasn't been seen since 1999 by an ornithologist. And now they sent a, an expedition in to look for it. It's one of the list of top 10 most wanted species in the world is this little tetraka. And it's olive in color and has this very, very distinctive yellow throat. Hopping along the ground up in the remote area of the a remote rainforest in the northeast of the island. Uh, it took four days to drive there and another half day of walking to get there. They saw one in December last year and one in January this year. Now, the fact that it's been rediscovered, so to speak, is very important in a way to protect it. And it, quite recently then in Madagascar, in recent years, they have rediscovered the Madagascar pochard, which is like a duck, the peregrine uh, fund, which is the, the funding this and, and, and sending these expeditions. The Madagascar serpent eagle, that's a, sn- we've got snake eagles, brown snake eagles, yeah, but that's a, a distinctive one there. And the red owl. So why did uh, the, uh, uh Tetraka, w- wasn't it seen or heard? Well, it look, it's in a rainforest and there's waterfalls and all sorts of things around. So it's quite possible that the water 
actually drowned out its distinctive call sound. But uh, the man in charge of this uh, uh, expedition, René de Roland, is a guy who's going to have his name in lights in birding circles. There's no doubt about that. Well, I hope you have a very good day to you and <laughs> other birders. Jean-Jean Cornish well, joins us again. I'll take, I'll take the wing then. <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Uh, chat to you soon. Jean-Jean Cornish with the Africa Report.